Hey guys, from New York, New York. Well, actually I'm in Williamsburg, my fave. It's Candace K, and welcome to the special Almost 30 and Candace Kumai pod. Yes, it's time guys. I'm finally having my first guests on while I'm staring at the skyline at my hotel room in good old Brooklyn where I used to live. The coolest part about this pod is I'm now here as a visitor. Uh, when we recorded this podcast a few months ago, I had no idea that I was leaving the city. And I had only dreamed that it was possible that traveling and working in Cali, seeing the world, visiting my ancestors back in Japan, interviewing an atomic bomb survivor, getting to know my best friends all over again now that they're like married with kids and also seeing my friends from New York coast to coast and keeping in touch with them. I had no idea that this kind of stuff was going to help to shape my next few years. Now, I don't know if I'm still supposed to be in New York as I'm so attracted to this place like an addiction or a magnet or a really bad ex-boyfriend, maybe a good one. But I know that I have an internal pull to New York for many reasons. And the best part about today's episode is that Krista and Lindsay and I have so much in common. We are all millennial entrepreneurs that are trying to make it. And we're all hustling every day, all day. We've all sacrificed many things. We've all been through the dark times, seen the good. And recognize that the dark times cannot, absolutely cannot not exist because they are there to teach us about the light. And the light is what Lindsay and Krista and I see in each other. There isn't any jealousy between the three of us. There's no haterville. There's a lot of talk on this podcast about how hard it is to be a young millennial entrepreneur, specifically female, who's killing it. Now, if we're killing it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we've made it. It doesn't mean that we're not struggling with rent or bills still. It doesn't mean that we're not struggling to find the right relationship or that we have enough security or safety around us. It simply means that we figured out our calling at its best and our best contributions in this world are to lead with bravery and love and light and never with fear or anger, or power, or greed. And I find that some of the most painful things I've learned in the last few years, and I'm still learning them every day, is that I'm so vulnerable and so very sensitive and precious to other people, and mostly to myself. So Krista and Lindsay have the Almost 30 podcast, which is an incredible podcast, where they started um, just like me on a whim and said, we're going to do something different. And I commend them for their bravery, their adversity, their perseverance, and their integrity to be as great as they possibly could in their space and to give you their very best with Kaizen. In the notion that we all struggle with wabi-sabi, I sometimes feel the grace and the grit within the women that come to me and say, my God, I fucking love you. And you know what? Today wasn't a perfect day on set. In fact, it wasn't even set that was bad. It was just it felt like everything was going wrong. I got nasty emails from people. I had a no-show, no-call from somebody who I thought was a solid team member. I saw ugly photos of me posted on an account and I had no control over the photos. And I said, oh yeah, my teammates remind me, she got the kanai. It cannot be helped. There's so many things that pop up every day that could really fuck with our entire life. But today we had to say, what can we learn from this and how can I grow? And when you hear our convo with Lindsay and Krista, it's, it's so appropriate that we're almost 30 at podcast number 29 here at the Wabi Sabi pod. That wasn't planned, but sometimes if you give everything over to the universe, to God, to Buddha, whoever you believe in, to the light, to the stars, sometimes you'll be able to see that all the stars are closer and that good things happen to really good people who support other really good people. Thanks for being a mirror to me, girls. I love you both, Krista and Lindsay. And 
may you continue to strive and survive and may God bless you with many, many blessings to come. Cheers. Today, we're starting something very special. We are going to have surprise guests on the show every now and then just because I I got through season one um, being able to tell a lot of juicy stories. And now that you've gotten to know me and, and now that you know uh, how real deal everything is and how I am really just like you and everything is perfectly imperfect, I wanted to start sharing some of my favorite people with you. So two girls that I met, Krista and Lindsay um, in LA, have their own podcast called Almost 30. And I love them because they organically reached out to me uh, to be on their pod a long time ago. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I have to finish my book. I have to do work. And so I reached out to them when it was time. And like I always say, it's time when it's time and you'll know. And so in perfectly imperfect fashion, the three of us met up and we we just hit it off and we share the same mentor, uh, James Higa. We had so much in common and no joke, after the pod, I went to work out one day and Krista walked through the door and we did a workout class together. And then I was like, I'm going to go down the street and leave some books at the Soul Cycle that Lindsay was working at. And we just have a lot in common. I also am a big proponent of promoting other people that naturally and organically promote my work and they do it with sincerity. And since we talk about Dale Carnegie and why and how sincerity is so key in making it nowadays, because there's so much fakeness out there that it, it's almost a little bit distortive, destructive, and it's causing a lot of problems in the industry. So I'm going to bring along the journey with us on Wabi Sabi, some of the best problem solvers and figureheads and people that inspire my work and support my work and support you as well. So please welcome Krista and Lindsay from Almost 30 to the pod. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I know. What an intro. Juicy. (laughs) Juicy intro. That was good. That was so It like switched on. Thank you. Yeah, you're so good and so grounded. Oh, it's the matcha. It is. It keeps you. Yes. We're so happy to be here. We're so happy. Hey, welcome to New York and to my my pad. Your beautiful home. It's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, but you know I'm apartment poor, so like as everything. we all are, yeah. we all are. I just <laughs> literally signed my lease for a apartment in Santa Monica, and I think about it every day. Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know oh. what? You have, I, and I'm staying with a friend, and there's no light. And I used to live in that apartment. There's no light. Oh, honestly, I would I would pay an extra like grand to have more light. I would, yeah. It's really mm-hmm. important, so you're so lucky. Yeah, the light is so mm-hmm. important. It is really nice, but today we're we're together on a really cloudy day, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of nice because I, I like, like seeing my California sunshine friends when it's gloomy. You out. like to bring us down to yeah. earth. <laughs> you have to remind us that there's weather. I get Just it. Just a reminder. <laughs> FYI, not, guys, there's clouds. It's not always perfect. <laughs> I know. Okay, so that leads me to uh, the beginning of our pod today. I really wanted to talk about a special topic because this keeps coming up. And when I decided to launch my podcast, people were either A, extremely excited and supportive, or B, total shitheads who didn't support it and were like, what? And these two were very supportive off the bat. And we share a lot in common because we're all self-made. We all have different opinions, but we respect one another. So I wanted to ask you to why supporting other women is so important to you and your work. Yeah. Um, I think, well, I haven't always been very supportive and I think it's because of experience that I've had early on in high school and even parts of college where I just felt like I wasn't understood. Um, and girls were were always kind of ruling from that insecure part of themselves, which I've done countless times. And so I just related more to, um, you know, either being by myself or uh, getting closer with guys, whether it was friendship or in relationships, because there was less judgment um, Mm. in those relationships. But I think what the podcast has shown us is that – There is, and I don't know if it's timing, you know, like where we are now in history, but 
it's needed more than ever mm. to have that support of women. You know, we are experiencing some very unique things, both like physically, emotionally, as we evolve and um, get older that um, I think if we could ultimately share those experiences really honestly um, and support each other as we go along, I mean, I honestly think we could take over in a very good way. Mm. You know, I think we could bring a lot more love and emotion and gratitude to what's happening. Yeah. The relatability factor is like everything. I mean, people think that we all have it made. We all somehow magically appeared successful, but they forget about the hustle. So Krista, what about you? Why is it so important? And what was sort of your story behind choosing to be supportive of other women? I think my ability to support other women fell like in line with my um, finding my calling and being more focused on my success than anyone else's. So with being so focused on the success of Almost 30 Podcast and so driven by like a force of God or like a force of something else that was bigger than me, it allowed me to do my focus completely on what I was doing so that I wasn't bothered by what anyone else is doing. So if you have your passion or what you believe you are put on this earth to be doing or you are seeking to find that, you should be so busy that you're not looking at what anyone else is doing. And if someone else comes across your path that is doing something you should be so supportive because you pay no mind to them being competition. Um, so I always feel like whenever I hear what other people are doing, I feel so like aligned with my purpose that I know that there isn't anything that anyone else will be doing that like should bother me. Mm. Um, also too, it's karma. You know, you want to be supportive of women. You want to be kind to people, not only women, but for the karma factor. I want to be supported. Everyone wants to be supported. And if you believe in an energy exchange between humans, you should believe that if you support, you will be supported. Um, so I think there's been things in my life where I haven't felt supported by other women. I've had like a interesting relationship with um, my, my, my mom at home. So it's been hard for me to accept support from other women or trust the support of women. Um, so that's been something that I've really worked on and something that I still struggle with mm -hmm. today. Um, I usually just rely on myself or I don't feel like I need the approval of other women. Um, I'm more attracted to being around men. It seems simpler to me because of the way that I was grown or the way that I was raised. But having almost 30 and seeing like this community of women that support you, that support us in such a unwavering and loving way has just made me completely believe in the power of having a positive message and seeing that spread to support other women and what they want to do. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, when you started your podcast, what did you feel like people didn't support you? Like, how did that feel? I'm sure that was like so hard. Well, I think we talked about it when we first met about how I was like, oh, I, eventually I have to launch a pod because there are too many stories. People yeah. think I just show up to Dr. Oz or the Today Show and looking like an Asian Barbie doll and that's me. And it's not, it is not They're, like when we first met, it was, you know, the usual Candace matcha cookies, like laughing the whole time, having fun, taking our masks off. Um, I find that this has happened to me throughout my career. At the beginning, there were women that were very welcoming of me to the landscape. So this is like, I don't know, 10 years ago in food, like Pam Krause, Fr Francis Largeman Roth, a ton of editors at different magazines. They were mostly all supportive. But what I did find was in TV and network television, the women were typically the ones that would talk shit to me or say things to my agents like, she's too thin, she's too feminine, she's too cute, she's too cool. It almost always came from a woman. You know, put Candace's hair up. She's not allowed to have a blowout. Don't put her in clothes that are her size. They need to be a size bigger than her. These are the things that 25, 26, 27 even my vernacular, when I say Duke and dude and like and all that stuff, like you guys know that is just part of who I am as a Cali girl. Um, even being a host at HSN at 25, they said we have to work on Candace's vernacular. So it was my whole career was always like other women trying to mold me into somebody I wasn't. The Food Network pilot that we did, they put me in a purple cardigan with a ponytail and they had uh, Gian. 
It's hot. <laughs> they had Giada's team. I like, but I was naked underneath it, so exactly. it was fine. <laughs> there was a lot of sexy lace bra, and <laughs> like a duo setup. It was like no. a Mr. Rogers moment. It was so hot. It, right? And it was like a lot of people wouldn't let me be myself in TV and media, so it's podcasting that gave me more freedom. So the pod was a place where I could be in my pajamas, my hair up, no makeup, hungover, and talk shit. And people fucking loved it. And I I often tell people that are really appropriate, I'm like, oh, please don't listen to it. It is highly inappropriate. Um, it's you. It is. And, you. and that was why when we met, we were like screaming, what did we do to the levels again, Linz? Oh, yeah. We 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 wrecked them. It yeah. totally stopped. Yeah. we like, It was like. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. We laughed so hard because it was like, I can't remember what we were talking about, but it was, um, it was just so relatable. It might've been the men thing. It might've been the, the tough times you guys asked me about my breakup. I think I like got a little welled up into tears, but what the pod did was it gave me a sense of freedom and we're all in seek of, we're all seeking more freedom and acceptance of just being who we are as we come. And then I think the other thing that I noticed was people like you were really supportive. And then there are just some mean people and there always will be. There always will be, you guys. There were some people that were just like, no, she's too sexy to be on our show. Like, no, she's too feminine. Like this, the same stuff I've heard so I just, I commend both of you for being who you are unapologetically, opening your arms to the guests that you feel are going to support you back. Um, We've had on our podcast, we yeah. had someone, um, or we had someone at some point on the podcast that was on paper, like a supporter of women or on paper um, championed uh, women and, you know, I guess friendships or whatever the relationship was. And it didn't end up she didn't end up being that, you know, what she portrayed herself to be. And it was funny. Our girls could tell right away. Really? In our community and group. Yep. Yeah. I think because we set a standard mm -hmm. in, you know, in, in the community that we are 100. And I think authenticity, I'm like kind mm -hmm. of every time I say it, I'm like, oh, it's said too much, but it's really true. Like just being yourself, mm -hmm. being very honest and they feel that from us and feel the permission to do so themselves. So then when we have a guest, which is few and far between, but we had one and, um, they just, they called it out. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just didn't feel connected. Mm -hmm. But two on the point of just people not supporting, I was thinking, um, those women must've been hurt at some point by, you know what I mean? Like I can't imagine, and I'm not saying it's, uh, you know, forgivable or the right thing to do, but it's like, they must be hurt. They must have maybe experienced that in some way and are just perpetuating it or, you know, subconsciously that is kind of what they want to put out because mm. it was done to them. It's hard. Like I can't imagine the strength it takes to separate their pain from the pain that you feel from what they've shown you. Like it's hard to separate that, but so much of it is not personal. So much mm -hmm. of it is what they're going through or have gone through. Right. It's interesting you say that too, because I often say that um, we are all mirrors, reflective of one another. And we can see, like, when you meet another person, I can almost read them within the first 30 seconds, usually, if they're real or not. Like, the first time I ever met Al Roker, I was like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. He's so real deal. Or the first time I saw Ariana Huffington, I know, right? He is the real deal. He really is. He's the nicest, kindest, most hardworking person. When I first met um, Ariana Huffington, I remembered being very intimidated because of her persona. But as a person, she doesn't leave the two far away from each other. She's the same person. And then when I met her, I was like, whoa, she's so cool. And then the emails would come, the letters would come, the invites, and they would all come from her. And I just thought it is possible to be real as fuck and still keep your persona and who you are as a person close. But also what Lindsay said, I believe is true when you are, I'm, I'm going to try to think of like, I, I remember the first time I had the worst co-host ever 
um, this guy had me on his show and he basically treated me like shit from the moment I got there till when I left. The only time he was nice was when they hit record. And I was like, does this guy like, is this guy for real? And then I, and then my whole life and, and rest of my career, I just kept saying to myself, I never want to be that person. I only want to be myself because I like who I am. And it's true when people are hurting, they project or they take it out on other people. And the way that I know the three of us are alike is we work out to stay sane, we support other people, and we are in living in the present moment where we realize that not every day is going to be perfect. So if we shift gears a little bit, I want to talk to you guys about something important that happened this week. Um, a lot of people were very upset. So I want to know what your definition of being a self-made woman means. And I think that you two are on your way to an incredibly powerful career. Um, you're my first guest to have on the show. You're so friendly and kind. We have so much in common. And we all come from very similar places, which is humble beginnings. So what is your definition and outlook on being a self-made hustler? The ability to like build a life you love and a legacy without, you know, help at the beginning. Um, so personally for me, it's coming from Ohio, coming from a background that isn't supportive of following your dreams, that isn't supportive of building a life that you love. There isn't a belief that you can do what you love and make money. There isn't a belief that um, you can be fully supported by God at all times or the universe, whatever. Um, and we, I mean, I we are self-made. You know, we came from, not nothing, I came from a, a great home, but um, just worked our asses off, worked my asses off, my ass off corporate jobs for eight years building this, worked for two years building almost 30 until it was at a place where um, it's strong enough now for us to uh, completely go full time, which is amazing. But I know that the, the Kylie Jenner thing on the Forbes, you know, was an interesting move. And, you know, they do it for the read. And that's what's happening right now in the news cycle is that they'll really do anything to get you reading, um, which is unfortunate with how quick, quickly things go. I mean, if I would, if you're their magazine, who are you going to put besides a Kardashian to get the most amount of, you know, people buying it, people talking about it, like it makes the most sense. And there is a part of it where it's like, it is pretty amazing that she's going to be the youngest billionaire. Um, but it isn't really a situation where she's like self-made. But then again, I don't really know what's going on in the background. I don't really know what's going on um, behind the scenes. But I wouldn't assume that someone that has millions and millions of dollars is going to be self-made. You know, Donald Trump is, says he's self-made, but had millions of dollars from his father to like get started. So my, I guess my personal definition of self-made is someone that comes from, um, like nothing. Yes. You know, to build something that's amazing and build something that's for me personally, this is probably a twist on it is to build something that's impacting other people in a positive way. And, you know, makeup to me, isn't necessarily something that's like, like that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think, well, I'm like thinking about it as, as you were talking, it's like, I don't know if I or anyone I know is like truly by definition, if self-made means you didn't get any help, then I don't think we are because we've had um, men, like, you know, mentors and people along the way who have mm -hmm. kind of showed up. And I think that sometimes is even more valuable than any financial help that we could get. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's more of a sentiment that like we have kind of risen from like nothing or a um, upbringing where it wasn't supported or encouraged. Um, I think for me, it's always just like self-made as this idea of like always coming back to to what I know is needed in this world, what fills me up, what wake, you know, what gets me up in the morning. Because to come back to that is the hard part, I think, because there's so many other stimuli, there's so many other distractions, temptations to get, you know, the salary job and have the healthcare and do all, you know, have that stability. Yeah. But I think like being self-made is that commitment to 
you know, that thing or that mission or that purpose that is just like so much bigger than you. And that's what almost 30 feels like, I think, to us. You know, it's like we always come back to it. You know, there's never really a question. It's not always easy, but, you know, it's like we have no choice mm -hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, when you come back full circle, like all things always come straight back to where they once were, which is so interesting because I've seen it happen in New York. So my greatest point of um, one of the lessons I think that we all should know is that you should be kind to everyone. And that goes back to us talking about supporting other people because you just never know who's going to end up at the top. You never know who's going to be the next successful one. And like we said, it maybe for her, it was helping women to feel better. Just this morning, I asked one of my friends who does makeup, like, why do you do makeup? And she said that she loves the way it makes people feel about themselves. And I thought that was so beautiful. So while it was really hard to see those words graced on the magazine for a magazine that we've all read for many years and looked up to, it was like, maybe there really is a shift happening too. And maybe we're part of the shift where we have to show women, Hey, wait a second. There's still some of us out here that are struggling and that are self-made. And I watch my bank account fill and drain like a roller coaster. And that is part of the struggle. I, yes. Yeah. That's what is interesting is I've been thinking about now more so, and I don't mean to interrupt you. No, after you. But um, now being completely in this industry and having your own business, it's like the work that you put in, you can equally see the money come into your bank account. So you only work as hard as your, you know, bank in your bank account reflects that, which is amazing. But it's also it's 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 challenging. You know, that's that's the trade off of being at a corporate job. Even if I literally chilled all week. I would still get a paycheck or chilled every two weeks. I'd still get a paycheck. But with our job, if we're not working, if we're not flying to New York early to speak at an event or, you know, doing all the sponsorship stuff or doing all the stuff with our community, we're not getting paid. Yeah. So it's like exciting because the sky's the limit, to be honest, to look at it on the positive. You know, you're not capped. That was the thing in the corporate world As I would look at my paycheck. I'm like, oh, I'm making X amount and in five years I'll make X amount, but that's still never going to be as much as I want to make in my life. And with almost 30, I'm going to make X, but I can make 15X if I work really hard. You know, there's no cap when you're an entrepreneur. But then again, it is hard because it's seasons too. So there's a seasonality to our business. Mm -hmm. Right now we're on tour. We're making lots of money being on tour, you know, relatively lots of money on tour. But in the winter, we're probably not going to have as many events. So we have to like kind of budget and manage that. So being an entrepreneur is really the money management and things like that, which is also really challenging too, but it's kind of a mind fuck at sometimes for sure. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I know I get asked a lot and I'd like to ask you guys personally is tell me a little bit like on the backstory, like why did you start the almost 30 podcast? Um, so Krista and I met through a mutual friend, um, and she was auditioning for Soul Cycle and reached out to me. I was teaching for a little bit as uh, at that time, and um, I was in LA. And so, you know, we connected. And she scheduled a FaceTime with me, which is so Krista. And I was like, Oh, this this bitch is serious. Like, I love this. Like, she like when she's passionate about something, like it is. No, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Scary. Yeah, it was great. The bitch is up. Yeah, I was like, this, you know, I, I like to see that. And I connect with people who are, like, passionate and, um, you know, anyway, have that energy. So we connected immediately. Um, and she didn't end up making it. But um, it brought us together. And she moved out to L.A. And we just started hanging out and spending time together and realizing that, we were going through a lot of the same transitions. Mm -hmm. So from our late 20s to our 30s, and we had just moved across the country and um, transitions in our job and in our personal life. And so um, Krista was a big fan of, of podcasting and listening to podcasts. So she introduced them to me. And she was like, do you think we can do this? Like have our own podcast? Yes. And yes. I, I had no idea. There was no sense of no, we can't or yes, we can. But it was the connection between us us was really the yes for me. I was like, absolutely, like I'd love to do something like this with you. And so we just 
were so committed. Um, I, I always use that as kind of a source of inspiration for me and doing anything else because how committed we were and are still like blows my mind that we're so like connected to the source of whatever almost 30 is connected to. Like we showed up every week, multiple times a week. We were recording for six months. None of those ever went out. We just were, we were literally practicing and, um, just sussing out what this would be and it continues to evolve but we wanted to just bring a conversation an honest real raw conversation to the airwaves and hopefully we didn't know you're like I don't know if anyone's gonna listen but people would show up and it's become something that we could have never dreamt of it's ever crazy I'm actually I'm so proud of you guys because I've seen the evolution also and I it's so weird sometimes you just know when the intent of an individual is very real and raw and both of you just want to help other people and you're not like pretentious you're not bitches you don't think you're better than anyone else these are problems that I've had to deal with and I actually sometimes like my resume is like a scroll, you know, it's like very long. <laughs> but my Japanese mother and, and Polish American father wouldn't allow me to let anything get to my head. They're like, dude, you're still a normal fucking person. Go pay your taxes. Bye. See you at Christmas. And they don't really care about the public figure job, which has kept me grounded. So I commend both of you for your hard work and your efforts and for putting together something out of nothing. I think a lot of women are feeling stuck. Like they want to get out of their jobs. They want to do what you're both doing, but they don't know how to do it. So maybe I'd like for us to list a little bit about the struggle. Like tell me something good that you can remember that was pretty rough that you sort of, you had to pivot or change or get through. Yeah, and I think for so for us starting the podcast, I mean, people see and you know maybe they want to do something like us. There's a lot of people that have started or asked us about starting a podcast, and for me, I guess personally, it's the struggle of self reflection every single week. So when you're on a podcast in a public medium, um, in front of millions of people, and you know how this is, um, it is like a very intense self reflection time. So you're I'm hearing myself interviewing these people that are amazing and great. And I'm seeing other people interact with me or other replies to me. And it's like, you need to self-reflect consistently. You need to make sure that you're continuing to grow, that I'm continuing to be the best version of myself for our audience so that I'm delivering the best. Um, but we went through like a hard transition time, you know, where we were really start struggling to grow. And we were recording at this studio that offered us free studio space one week or for like a few months. And then they started to like lock us out. They started to like not support us. Wow. So we would show up for interviews and they'd have the doors locked. It happened like multiple times. We had to cancel like multiple interviews. They would say that they would leave the doors unlocked for us and that they were happy that we were coming, but they weren't. So it was like a struggle for a month. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't know what we wanted to do. We were trying to figure it out. Um, so we ended up doing like a studio at Lindsay's house, but we would always try and be with any thing that we've come up with. Maybe it's feedback. We've gotten feedback when you aren't a public medium, you know, you get feedback, but I think it hasn't necessarily, there hasn't been any moments besides the studio that have felt like to me being a really big struggle, but it's like, I don't think people see that, um, we are working. I'm, I'm working almost every chance I can, right? Absolutely. you know, so there's the work element too. It, yeah. It. I think if you're not used to work like that yeah. and commitment like that, that will be challenging. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's been challenging when it's like really, really good and it is so good and we're growing and expanding um, just like Krista said, just evolving and making sure you're doing that work on your own to create the space for that. And and up level every aspect of you as an individual. I'm like learning um, how to manage my time, how to organize, um, how to work as a team. We work so well together, but as our team expands, I want to just be able to facilitate, you know, a flow between yeah. everyone who works with us. Um, 
and I've never been in like a nine to five job situation. Um, so those, you know, skills are things that I'm like just learning now. And it's great that I have Krista and Chloe to, um, help me with that. But yeah, it's just, it's kind of like owning and knowing mm -hmm. that you deserve this and can do this. Oh, I think yeah. that's so much of the work and I have a deep knowing, but it's this like everyday surface anxiety that I'm trying to just like brush off. Yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you guys, you are, you're killing it and you're doing it well and you're doing it with the right intent. And I think that's, that is what matters most. But yeah, just admitting to everybody that you guys have anxiety also. I'm sure there are up and down days where depression comes into play as well. That stuff never goes away. It's like being an alcoholic. You're always going to have depression. You're always going to have anxiety. And I think the fact that the three of us are able to like openly say, like, this is me. And I don't really give a fuck if you don't like me. You can suck a bag, bag of dicks because I got a lot. <laughs> You want to make a t shirt that says I need a kid. Says, suck I want it to be in the kids and you wellness like font, like in a book that's like suck a bag of dicks. It's, just, it's actually this cover, it's beautiful, and it just says, says yeah. suck a bag of dicks. It's a photo book of everyone that needs to suck a bag of dicks. There's so many of those. There's people so too. many. You just want it in Japanese. That's yeah, like we you would. guys really want it. I want to get a Japanese. That's my tattoo. next tattoo. Yes. yes. All right, perfect. I'll ask my mom to translate it for us. Yes. So one thing that we know that three of us have done that a lot of people aren't willing to do is we've sacrificed things to get to where we are. So I want to talk about what you think your biggest sacrifice has really been and how has it helped you? I think for me personally, actually, I think about this a lot, um, especially like last night being in New York. So I saw a bunch of friends that were from college that I got to see. And since I've moved from Chicago for a few years to New York and then to LA, I've really, and I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm working all the time. I've really sacrificed having, I have deep, meaningful relationships in my life with Lindsay, with Justin, with my friends, but I've really sacrificed um, having like a stable core group of friends that have stayed with me for my entire life. Um, I see friends from home, you know, grow up, they go to high school with them, they go to college with them. They have babies with them. They live on the same street. You know, there's something that happens when you grow up in a place and you um, grow up with people, you evolve with people, um, and you have these deep, meaningful relationships. I've changed so much since I was in Chicago, since I was in New York to now in L.A. It's almost hard to keep up. Um, I am who I am at my core. You know, laughter is number one. Kindness is number one. Realness is, is number one. Um, but one third, but it's been something I think about a lot. Um, when I see other relationships and other people that have had these really deep, meaningful relationships, uh, through their life that I haven't had that just because I change so much and I'm working all the time. You're not alone in that. And we'll talk more on that. Yeah. I feel like that's with our industry, which is really nice. Cause I feel like a lot of people like that. I can really re relate to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you can relate because the time spent too, like people were hanging out on weekends, people were hanging out at night and I was working at my corporate job for 40 hours a week for two years, doing the podcast, doing the blog. So my nights were spent working. My weekends were spent working. I, I don't hang out. You know, that's one thing people go to the beach. People like, I don't know what the beach is. I don't know what brunch is. I don't know what going to the bar on Saturday is. Like, I don't know what hanging out really is because I've been at such a level of anxiety to get everything done that I'm not just like a person that hangs out. It's kind of hard for me to even like sit in a conversation that I don't feel like is going to go somewhere productive. Yeah. Sounds like it's hard, you know, it's hard, but I'm kind of transitioning out of that, but that's something that's been like really hard for me. Yeah. yeah. I think like, um, I, I guess I've definitely had to sacrifice it, but it always feels like the right time. Like, I think when I was younger, like in my early twenties, I was, I would think of it as like really sacrificing, like, all right, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go out this week cause I'm going to get this done. Like, it's just kind of become like what we want to do. Yeah. You know, like it's, True. it doesn't, I don't feel like I'm missing out per se. I do feel that like it's probably going to have its season where like, I mean, we are on all the time right now and working every single day and traveling a ton. And there might be a season where, you know, we're still working and to anyone else it would be a lot of work, but to mm -hmm. us, maybe we kind of 
give a little bit more love to building a home, like mm-hmm. a re- starting a relationship, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it will always be a constant. I think mm-hmm. just how much of our time we put into it will probably evolve, but sacrifice, I don't know. I think letting go, I've definitely had to let go of like what I thought this was going to be in terms of me personally. So growing up being like, I'm going to be a movie star and a TV star and, you know, do all these things. And, um, I haven't let go of being in that business, but it's more let go of like how I was going to get there and what it would actually be. So I really, we're making an impact, you know, like this is what it's all about. Like, I don't, I don't know, I guess like just reading someone else's script and being like a pretty face on screen is like losing its appeal to me. Although I'm like, I still look at movie stars. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, it's just, I've kind of understood that that was what everyone else wanted me to be for so long. Still do, but Mm -hmm. you know, so it feels good to let that go. I guess other people might say I'm sacrificing it, but Mm -hmm. I'm just like, feels Mm -hmm. good to let Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. So I can relate on the whole stand of, of people expecting or wanting you to be someone that you're actually not supposed to be. And yet it takes a, the one thing it will take and that we are all certain of is time. Time is like the greatest blessing in the world. And, uh, it helped me to heal and mend a lot of pain and a lot of like insecurity as well. And with the friends note, I want to let you both know um, a lot of people write to me about friend breakups because they happen more often than we want to believe. So for anyone who's ever listening about that struggle of like, like I very much the same have had to let go of like the regular life that I thought I was also going to have. I thought I would get married at 28, have kids at 32. I thought that I would meet the man of my dreams at some point. And instead I'm finding myself being single and loving my life right now being single. It's insane because it's like you can do whatever the fuck you want. And it's, you can fuck whoever you want. <laughs> like, I can fuck anyone. <laughs> all you. All you in New York. I can fuck all of you. <laughs> yeah, she comes out every morning. You and you, you know and you. Live, you know that's why I live here, right? I know. Yeah, so you can like, see who you're going to fuck. Downtown. I know. Where'd your telescope yeah, go? Yeah, you're like, is that, is that Skytown? It's downstairs at the patio, guys. <laughs> outside. Well, I also think, like, this is the right time for you to be single. And you know, yeah. I, I, I truly, sorry, keep hitting my microphone. I'm sorry. Um, I truly feel like this is your, the right time. You know, you're, you're building something, continuing to build something so big and like you wouldn't be able to give to whoever this person is what you would need to build a healthy relationship. I think it's like you said, it's timing. No. Like it's it's fine. It's and just because it's right? Lizzie's talking in the mirror. Literally, I'm like, hello. Liz- it's me. You know, literally, she's like, Lizzie, it's, it's hello. Me. <laughs> she literally gave myself this pep talk. This I know. Morning. I was just gonna say, Lizzie That's why it's so seasoned. Yeah. Like, listen up, Candid Lindy. And, <laughs> and truly, Krista really wants to just fuck the skyline. Like, I do. I'm she's the one who wants to. Oh, but I was thinking that too about the, the friends thing with um losing a friend because I always think about too like if I would have been the person that my friends would have wanted to be or people would have wanted to be in my life like Mm -hmm. if I would have been who my mom wanted me to be I would have been like a doctor or something uh, I wouldn't be happy if I would have been the the person that my best friend from home would have wanted me to be I'd be working at P&G and I'd be like miserable in Cincinnati if I had been the girl you know my one of my best friends from college if I would have been who she wanted to be I'd be with my ex-boyfriend living in Chicago you know, you just need to like remember that everyone, they don't mean to, but sort of has an agenda with who they want you to be and that person that they want you to be in your life. And you just need to continue to be who you need to be, regardless of who's going to be friends with you or not. I mean, girlfriend breakups are so hard. Like, it's interesting how girls, I feel like have more of that happen than guys. Like, you know what I mean? Guys like literally stick around forever, like with their best friends. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's Tim. He always hits on my that's wife. Chachi. Yeah, that's Tim. Yeah, literally. That's Fang, man. He's always hitting on my Use wife. He's always wasted. Yeah, you, you know what? Like, girls, it's like, girls do one thing and we are, like, done. 
but it doesn't mean it's like not challenging but you do have to trust that it is happening you know for oh yeah it's for you yeah. absolutely which it's... is hard but and that's why i'm not having a wedding party i don't want none of that bullshit it's such bullshit where there's too. six it's... girls on the phone like did you get asked it's it's so so i don't want six people standing to be like <laughs> how do you know they're gonna be looking like that they can be like this they, yeah, literally. I don't want people standing up there with me. Yeah. Sit down. Done it eight times, girl. Eight times. Eight Good wow. fucking Eight times $300. Two Way more than, honey, babe. That's just for the dress. Way more than that. Really? Yeah. I've, I've made Probably wedding cakes for people. I've done oh. the whole nine on their bachelorette parties, on Good their baby one. showers. It just, it's just different. And you know what? When you're chosen to go down a different path, you certainly can't deny it because you you guys both know that if I would have married either of my three serious boyfriends along my journey through from college through now it wouldn't have worked out so sometimes breakups are like God's way of separating people that are just not meant to be together but also like I agree with both of you guys like friend great breakups looking at other people in the mirror like when you're talking to me I understand what you're saying because it's like we're going through it together. And I think that's another big thing. You have to find girls that are going through it with you and that support you. Because half of the time, if I'm sitting at a therapy session and I'm telling my therapist, I can't tell some friends about my success because they're not genuinely happy mm, for me. That's hard. Oof. She was like, it's like my life. are those your friends? Yeah. I just, yeah, I have a really hard time with that because... It's, I mean, it's like blank stares a lot of times because I just feel like people can't relate and people don't understand. Like if I was like, even to my family, if I'm like, hey, we're like number one in health this week, they'd be like, health. They'd literally think of health the word. They'd be like health as a general subject, like number one is general health in the world. Yeah. So I just don't, I guess with that, I don't really look for the validation from friends that I know that won't have it and I don't expect it, but it's still hard. It doesn't mean it's not hard and I probably am selling a lot of people short with a lot of my friends that I don't share my successes in um yeah I mean I, I completely know how I feel Oof. it's it's something I've grown accustomed to too I mean they're my family's the same way it's hard though like I can't expect like I feel so blessed and lucky like I've only recently come into this but I'm living the life of my dreams you know maybe other people don't think that at all because you know this isn't their dreams but and it's not all the way there I'm still you know looking for an abundance of money a beautiful home like a bunch of different things but I'm I know that 90% of the population is not living a life that they love and that's by their own choosing in a lot of situations and that's by their own design in a lot of situations a lot of situations it's not a lot of situations it's situational and I don't understand it but I mean I just it's it's hard for me to even talk about because I feel so I could, you know, I've been in that situation where I'm not living a life that I love. So to hear someone say that, it's it's really, you know, it's a mirror to that. It's like, oh, I'm not living a life that I love. So that's hard. Yeah. So I just kind of keep it in. But Well, okay. So when we were talking earlier today, um, there's actionable advice I want to give to our listener always. So how can we, in one simple step, I want to get advice from each of you on how can we choose to better support other women? That's a good one. Well, I think um, when one, I see them out, I'm like, you look beautiful. <laughs> Number one, compliment how they look. Literally. Number I, one, the breasts. Yeah, so it's like yeah, tell they look good. Right through my mind. They're pretty good. I've I think heard they're great. I think there's a way to 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 connect with women right off the bat that breaks down if they have a guard up, breaks down the guard. Mm -hmm. And I think you can intuitively feel that out. Maybe it is just saying, oh my, I, I, if you really love the top and you say, I really love your top, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe mm -hmm. it's that, or maybe. It's a pay to play with that. You yeah. Gotta, you gotta pay to play. You or know, like, to is like this your, your first time? At, like, like do you go to SoulCycle a lot? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. literally, it's, it could be surface and it could be stupid, mm -hmm. but it's, it's an energy exchange. And if they're receptive to energy, they will feel that you are genuine. So I just think instead of waiting or standing by or being quiet, mm -hmm. it is just putting yourself out there and not thinking about what they're going to think of you not thinking about mm -hmm. any of the, the judgment, the fear, whatever. It's just human to human. 
it's the subtext is, hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to connect, mm -hmm. whether yeah. it's for the long term or just in this moment, mm -hmm. you know, I, um, so yeah, I would just say, put yourself out there and you know, what's the worst case scenario if you were to be a little bit vulnerable, if like someone was like, how are you doing today? And you're like, I don't, I'm having a weird, like I'm having a weird day. And maybe they say, I'm having a weird day too. Like yeah. what's the worst case scenario? You know, I just, I think we hold back because we're just too worried that like, you know, the absolute worst is going to happen. And mm -hmm. usually that's not the case. You know, what's so good about podcasting is it puts together some of the best people that I've met and in a way that we have to meet and converse mm -hmm. like right away. So it's actually a really, it's a cool thing that you are both so open and you open your home up, like same thing. Like you guys are always welcome in my home. Um, but I agree with you. Get the conversation started and put, take your guard down and put your ego away. And I would just say, listen, mm -hmm. I guess is the last piece. Like just be a good listener. Yes. I think sometimes people just hop into a conversation with an agenda or they're always thinking of the next thing to say. And maybe you're just there to listen. Like that could just yeah. be the purpose. Yeah. Being a good listener is a rare find too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say that to support other women, I guess your direct ability to support other people is correlated to your ability to love yourself. So as I've loved myself more and more, my ability to love others and support others has um, grown exponentially. Good. So you need to be doing the inner work to really find confidence and find belief in yourself so that you can firmly believe and support others. So for me, that's meditation, that's mantras, that's um, energetically receiving and believing the kind things that are, that are brought my way and energetically receiving all of the good that I've gotten in my life and then um, doing the inner work to believe that, you know, others are deserving of that. So uh, we support other women through our secret Facebook group, uh, providing a space and a platform for women to connect in a real authentic way, which is very, very important. Um, we support other women by having other women on the podcast. So showcasing other women's stories that we believe so strongly in like yours. Um, and it's for Lindsay and I, it's really using the gifts that we've been given to help support others. Mm -hmm. So everyone's been given these gifts and these gifts are gifts from the universe or God or whatever, what may have you, but they're given to you for a reason. If you use them in the best way possible to support others, magic really happens. Very true. Take notes, guys. You might have to start the pot over and re-listen and take notes. Okay, we're going to be really quick because we're doing a double down pod day today. So one DD all the way. Suck a bag of dickies with a DD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? There's so many shitheads out there. So many. So many. That's our next pod. For real. <laughs> all right. So just one word answer. Okay. Right now, who is your crush? Justin. Justin. Uh, could be a man or this woman. This guy at Air One. Oh, he could be a like, woman. Oh, shit. Issa Rae from Insecure of HBO's Insecure. She's okay. like a director, producer. She's such a badass. I love her. <laughs> the guy at Air One. I just said the name? guy at Air One. Oh, yeah, You're so giving true. me like sorry, a really sorry, inspirational. Sorry. I love her. I love that. There's another woman. I'm just too. Not There's so many women in our space too. Kristen Cavallari. She's always had that big dick energy since back in the day. Confidence before we even knew what confidence was. Yeah, very true. She knew high school was bullshit before we even knew high school was bullshit. She like knew girls talking shit to other girls was bullshit before like we did. She's an icon. <laughs> she is. Uh -huh. Those are mine. Love po those. Podcast. Crush. Yeah. Retrol. Yeah. And you. Yeah. <laughs> Almost 30. Did you hear that, Retrol? Yeah. Candace and, and uh, Retrol, two peas in a pot. Yes. So. All right. Um, food. Like, what's your fave right now? Oh, my favorite food? Mm. Ooh. Um, I'd say summer, I'm, like, doing an overload of spaghetti squash mm. just for the week good one real basic bitch shit I had so a good. have you heard basic. of chalk cafe it's in williamsburg no dude i had a this most amazing thing i've ever eaten in my life it was a crepe but it was a vegan crepe so it was like coconut and tofu and then it had it was like very savory so it had tofu scramble spinach peppers cucumber and it was like spicy 
Honestly, it was the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my Yum. life. It was like a delicious, savory crepe. Tofu is so much more phenomenal than people want to believe. Okay, so last question. Right now, what is your favorite thing to binge on? Mm, probably your cookies. <sighs> Honestly. Cookies. They fuck my world up. Seriously. We haven't even touched them yet. I know. I, I just... can't. We have events all week. I need to relax. Yeah. I put MSG in them. What's so that? And crack. There's just two know. things that are highly addictive. So <laughs> that's all it is. We were at your book English. launch party. You're like, they're really good, but you can't eat tons of them. I'm like, what? Oh yeah, and then I talk, then we talked about our skin, which we still have to talk about. Oh, oh yeah, skin. skin. Head, the we skin can talk about ours. Yeah. yeah, so good. Wait, what? Bin, your binge right now? Binging. What oh, is I'm it? so late to the game, but I just started the Handmaid's Tale, and I oh, is it good? Five episodes oh. is it good? Night. Oh, you would. It would really? Fuck up your world. It's really good. I there's a funny SNL skit of Handmaid's Tale, but it's guys. <laughs> It's actually really funny. So we'll watch it tonight, but it's yeah. like the handmaids tell as if guys were the handmaids and the women. <laughs> oh it's really hilarious. Juicy. Juicy licious. Okay, so we're we're gonna do a giveaway. So everybody oh, has to pay attention yeah. to our Instagram accounts yeah. for giveaways. So that's like books, maybe it's goodies, maybe a hand job by Krista. One hand job, maybe one book. <laughs> Girls Good. are, girls I'm, are guys. I'm I'm tired of giving hand jobs for giveaways. I know. It's I'm been a tired. Hard Hand job to the top. And no. I want to enter that giveaway, by the way. I get the hand job for every review. <laughs> Literally. She also does a side one. Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen the Silicon Valley? What about the Skyline hand job? Yeah. Like how, so... how many can we get done? Okay. So where can everybody find you ladies? We're at almost30podcast.com. So it's three zero, the number. Almost 30 on Instagram, or Almost 30 Podcast, I'm sorry, on Instagram. And then on tour, almost30podcast.com slash tour. I'm 100 blog on Instagram, and she's Lindsay Simpson. Mm -hmm. And you're both fucking fat. We love you. Love you. Oh, Stay so tuned for the juicy. giveaway. We're There's so excited. So juiciness. Next time we're doing this nude yes. all together. Or in our, you know, whatever you whatever. like. But it's hot. hot. Purple cards. It's hot out. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for being queens in my world I put my hands on my heart when I really mean it Thank but you. I just I appreciate that the honesty is always in the eyes and you two have kind mm, eyes and you. I also love that we can just talk shit mm -hmm. it's just so good <laughs> it's refreshing <laughs> thanks lovely you the best Mwah. Okay, kids, it's been a long week in Brooklyn. We've made it through 29 episodes together, all the way from Florence to Sardinia. We've been to LA, we've killed it in Malibu, back in New York twice since I moved. Maybe that's a sign. Um, we've recorded in San Francisco and San Diego in my childhood room. And of course, we're going to be doing a ton of pods in Japan. More coming up on that between Nagasaki, Tokyo, and all around where I grew up. So I can't wait to share with you more. I hope you had a great time with Krista and Lynn's. Life is never quite how I imagined it to ever be. And so if you think you have a plan and you think you've got your shit together, just wait until God starts laughing at you because... Today was a great test for me to hold my cards and my heart close and say I'm grateful for the friends I do have. I'm grateful for my team. I'm grateful for my colleagues. I'm grateful for women who support me and family members who love me no matter what. Um, and I'm just overall really grateful that you are here listening to our podcasts and you understand that millennial entrepreneurs are just like regular entrepreneurs. We just come from a different generation where tech exploded. And you know, that means a lot of adaptation. And as Charles Darwin always says, those who are able to adapt shall be the ones who survive. And so I suggest instead of moving against the grain to let go a little, learn to adapt and change and move forward as a team entrepreneurially. And if you support other women along your path and pick them up along the way, it's way more fun on a busy ride together. It's not fun because everyone's just lonely at the top. So find entrepreneurial friends that you love who can share this with you. I got to go post the pod. It's late. I'm at my hotel room at the William Vale and, uh, 
I hope you guys check out the matchashop.com to buy your holiday gifts ASAP. We really haven't seen enough of you buy your poster or your cookie or your tote bag. And all you need to do to support this podcast is buy an item that all these female entrepreneurs I work with, like we're all in their our 20s and 30s, please buy something from us. We need your help. And if you listen to this pod, you're getting a lot of free information and I'm happy to share. Please check out my book, Keen See Wellness on Amazon and give it a five-star review if you haven't already. Today is my cry of help for you. The more reviews we get, the more sales we get, it's not more money for me. It's just more eyeballs for the next time I write another killer book. Check out Kintsugi Wellness on Amazon. Buy it right now, right now, right now for a best friend. Give me a five-star review on iTunes and check out my pod on Spotify too. Love you guys. Spotify, you're amazing. See you at New York this week. And you guys keep killing it because remember, Wabi Sabi, shit ain't perfect. You got to just keep the hustle. Ciao.